You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Embody. Shay Dixon will be along in just in, in just a second. We are here because LSU has landed a key piece for the roster in the 2021-2022 season for Will Wade and the basketball team with Missouri point guard Xavier Pinson, who entered the NCAA transfer portal after his junior season, announcing on Monday that he's transferring to LSU to suit up for another set of Tigers in the SEC. He's got two years left of, a, of eligibility remaining. Uh, and Shay, this is one where Will Wade, LSU, they've seen a lot of him over the last three seasons. And when you looked at some of the other transfer guards come off of the uh, off the market, so to speak, they went out and got Xavier Pinson, a Chicago native, who's really got that that good first step that Will Wade likes. They can run him in the pick and roll. He can attack the basket. Uh, I mean, guys, you, we'll talk more about his stats, but uh, just seemed like he got to the free throw line uh, a good bit in his career and. Uh, did well at the free throw line. So uh, Xavier Pinson is on board with LSU for the 2021-2022 season. And I think this is a good quality pickup in in a guy that should see a lot of time, if uh, whether it be off the bench or potentially even as a starter. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll debate all that uh, here in a minute. But I, do, I like the initially I like it because you think about the transfer market, they were going to hit a handful of different positions, certainly. But overall, we're going to take a handful of players uh, out of the transfer portal, knowing that uh, you lose Javante Smart, you lose Darius Days, at least for now, uh, and Trenton Wadford, guys who have declared for the NBA draft. At the time we're recording this, Cam Thomas, who is expected to be a lottery pick, the one guy no doubt will get drafted, uh, is the fourth guy, hasn't announced, but uh, we would expect he does. So you're losing that many guys. You definitely were going to take transfers. So to get a guy at the guard spot who now you don't have to rely on guys that you don't know uh, that have not produced at all, you know, at the college level, he's been a three year guy back to back star uh, the past two seasons, had some really good games against big teams. So my immediate reaction was I liked it a lot. Um, but as I say, and, and people have talked about it on the board, it's just now what the second transfer piece of what will become more. I'm not sure how many Billy, you'll probably have the best feel of anyone. Uh, of how they want to reshape this roster if they stop at what three transfers and then four transfers. Uh, but my immediate reaction is I was thinking Jalen Cook and Eric Gaines were the two guards returning that you would have to put out there and play a good bit. They brought in uh, or they signed uh, Brandon Murray, who's going to come in and uh, is expected to play a good bit. Seneca Knight is a, more of a, a transfer that's a bigger guy at 6'6. So I wondered who they would go and get as true guards. And, and like you said, when you looked at the transfer portal, especially the guard spot of who all was available, he's certainly up there as one of the most experienced and he has scored uh, at a high clip in a, in a number of big games and, and across multiple seasons. So uh, I'm for it. I, I like the addition. And this is about probably what I expected. I expected them to go get, I didn't know if it would be a mid-major type guy or an SEC guy, whatever it was, but someone that no, wasn't some like lottery pick that left a team, you know, why would they even be leaving? They'd be going to the NBA or they'd be staying put. With the available options, this is about this is on the upper end of what I thought they could come away with for the guard spot. Yeah, and Will Wade, 
has really kind of talked up Xavier Pinson over the last you know couple of years watching him uh, just play against LSU and uh, you know going into their matchup with them this year he talked him up and uh, Pinson was actually playing really well uh, going into that game against LSU so I mean I think this is one where you you bring in someone who's not only played a lot at a, at a, in a high major conference but played a lot in the SEC and you have two young guards who uh, have learned a lot from Javante Smart. And uh, I think just in terms of talent and kind of watching Cam Thomas play, you know, they pr- probably picked up some things there. But this will be a veteran that can bring along Jalen Cook, bring along Eric, Eric Gaines. It seems like there's, and this is without really, you know, knowing the background of how they got involved with the Xavier Pinson, who had some other high major opportunities to go in terms of transferring. Um, but they were able to land him relatively quickly. So you feel like there's a connection there at some point. Uh, they they feel like I think there's some trust here with Xavier Pinson and and what he'll bring to LSU uh, this season and uh, if he does stick around uh, for that final year of eligibility, um, you know, in two seasons. And I think with with it, with what we saw from Eric Gaines, you you saw someone who's creative, who's explosive, who needs to kind of maybe rein in uh, that creativity or, or apply it in the right direction. And then Jalen Cook is somebody who just needs to continue to develop. He's built physically well. Um, even though he's he's a little bit uh, more of a running back in a way, uh, the way he's built, he needs to continue to develop. Uh, Brandon Murray is somebody that they're really really high on. Uh, so again, getting getting Xavier Pinson in here to kind of to to really mentor these these young players and to bring them along is is a big part of this addition, in my opinion. Just not not really having talked to you know obviously we'll wait about it. Can't can't discuss it just yet. He hasn't signed, um, but. You know, I think this is a good veteran pickup, somebody that's played in the SEC, uh, has had a strong showing. And, you know, now I think it's on to, you know, a a wing type, a big man, um, more front court help. Uh, Those are kind of some of the areas I think that need to be up next now. Yeah, and look, I'll uh, kind of closing out my immediate take. And and this sort of, for me, at least pours into one of the things we're going to talk about, which is everybody wants to know, okay, well, if he gets immediately eligible, which this blanket waiver for all these guys coming out of the pandemic year in football, basketball, whatever it might be, is expected to go through, which is why we're seeing a lot more activity in the portal right now than normal with guys who are not graduated and do play at places that might just be looking for um, a bigger stage or a different fit or more playing time or whatever it might be. Uh, they have some confidence that they can transfer and get immediately eligible. So kind of jumping off what you said about gains and Cook, and I'll use Gaines for an example because he played more than Cook. And certainly towards the back end, he did. So he was your guard off the bench. You knew that Javante and you know and uh, Cam were going to carry most of, if not all, of your minutes. Um, so what? He plays, I think he averaged at the end of the year, I'm looking at it, 13 minutes. That's not completely accurate because in a lot of those back end games, he was playing you know, 15 to 20-something minutes, uh, depending on what the flow of the game was or who they were playing. But he was giving you no points. Um, you know, he'd give you a lot of energy defensively. I think the Arkansas game, he scored 10. That was the only game all year he scored double digits. No, Ole Miss. So twice all year, but he's putting up a lot of zeros, a lot of twos, a lot of fives. Uh, and then Cook is a guy who just didn't get enough action to really know, um, you know, how much you could really lean on him. Uh, and then you get Brandon Murray, who you signed uh, out of high school to come. And there's high expectations that he's a lot better than what his rankings are and all of that. Uh, but you look at Xavier Pinson and Billy, we look back at last year, just 11 games he played against tournament teams where he scored double digits. And we're talking about dropping 27 on Tennessee, where he hits three of three from three 
perfect from the line and goes 10 of 14 from the field, like incredibly efficient. Um, Arkansas, a really good team, played them twice, dropped 23 both times. You know, I'm looking at some other games. Oral Roberts was their first game of the year. They won some games in the tournament. He comes out and scores 17 on night one. Oregon, really good basketball team, dropped 22 uh, in that game. Really good from the charity stripe there, as you mentioned. He's a guy who can pick and roll and pop there. He drives to the lane a good bit. Um, and look, I know Cam Thomas can was sort of that sort of score as well, but uh, at a much more elite level, NBA level. But my point is, is, and I think it goes along with you and trust and and knowing that there's real value in this is someone who in this league goes out and puts out 15. And, and look, I know that he averaged 13.6 a night. There were some games where he's dropping 30 something points. I mean, he was a pretty consistent uh, 15 though type of guy. You could at least get 13, 14, 15 points out of him. LSU doesn't have anyone on their team that's a guard that does that right now. It's almost a no-brainer that if I have a few spots, I will take this guy who, what, Arkansas, uh, a handful of other good teams wanted him in the transfer market. Right, and the thing about Pinson, too, is that, and this will wrap this up and move on to see and and talk about what's next, but, you know, Missouri is not an incredible basketball team and hasn't been for much of the time that Xavier Pinson's been there. And he's probably had to shoulder a lot of the load. Uh, and shout out to one of our Go 24-7 subscribers who has a diehard Missouri Tigers basketball fan that uh, is a buddy of his. And he's upset that Xavier Pinson left uh, the program. But when you have a program that, you know, maybe relies on it, your top players to put up, you know, big numbers and big nights, sometimes it's not always going to work out. You know, Xavier Pinson is not Cam Thomas, like we talked about um, any, any, maybe isn't being put in the best positions to succeed because his three point uh, you know, shooting percentage freshman year was 40%. And, you know, last year was 33%, which isn't incredible by any means, uh, but he's shown the ability to maybe be able to get back to that. Um, I think, and, and, and some of those big nights are a part of that. If he gets put into better position, uh, one thing that Eric Bossy, our national uh, recruiting analyst uh, and, and director at, here at 24 seven sports said is that, you know, a big part of, what's next for Xavier Pinson is getting into a situation where he can develop physically. You know, he is a junior, but uh, getting into a better weight program maybe is part of that being, you know, under the wing of Greg Golden might help him uh, continue to develop. So, you know, I think overall this, this is one where, you know, a lot of people are probably going to look at it and say, okay, all right, do they really get better? I think with the veteran nature that is Xavier Pinson, and it's going to help the younger guys and, and, and maybe, you know, make the the losses of Javante Smart and Cam Thomas, you know, hurt a little bit less. They can kind of bring, uh, he can kind of help bring those guys along. And, you know, who knows, maybe he turns into a, a surprise, you know, bro, truly difference maker that LSU's probably looking for uh, in the backcourt for, for next season because uh, they lost two really good ones and, you know, they they still need to stack up this roster. So what's the gut feel here? Well, first off, because this has been talked about nonstop on the board, um, I would say update us or squash our chatter on Musa Cisse. And then how many more spots are we debating right here? Because we wanted to fill folks in on what else needs to be out of the roster. Everyone's going to say rim protector or a big man. Um, Will Wade has said that a million times. Are we looking at two more? Are we looking at one more? What's kind of the overall feel here? Does it hinge on? a guy like days and, and whether he really does go pro or comes back. 
I think one and Will Wade was on with our buddy Jordy Collada this morning and and talked about what you know he he really wanted and and um, you know they needed it they need a shot blocker they need a little bit more offensive um, you know I think firepower at the guard spot uh, they do need uh, a, you know a combo guard in that respect uh, but I, I I think a wing could be added you know they have Alex Fudge who they love coming up in the program they have Seneca Knight who's a transfer. Um, who came in at the mid-year, and I, I heard a ton of really good things about him uh, just as he was working out with the team uh, this spring while, you know, kind of redshirting or whatever, uh, however you want to put it, uh, in terms of what he's actually, you know, what he was able to do uh, in the second half of uh, the season while he was uh, just, you know, again, transferred into the program. So I think well, number one is is big man. And if you're looking for a big man and you think, oh, wow, Musa Cisse is in the transfer portal, LSU should go after him. I can tell you right now that is not happening. There was some bad blood at the end of that recruitment. Uh, obviously, if you followed it, if you're a recruit Nick on the LSU basketball side of things, uh, your your blood probably gets a little boiling over that one, just because you know five star prospect uh, rumored to be committing to LSU, rumored to be committing to LSU, rumored to be get, committing to LSU, uh, and and you know you know all the Dick Vitale stuff that we really don't need to get into, and all the um, kind of sniping back and forth that that kind of occurred that caused him to you know really delay his decision and ultimately ends up at memphis uh let's just say there's bad bad blood there he is not on the board uh, he is not being pursued but one guy that we are continuing to monitor is Jaden gardner who's not a sh- i would say he's not a shot blocking big man um like like uh musa cisse is uh, but he is a really, really good player. I've watched him a lot over the last few years. Uh, he's out of East Carolina, 6'7", junior. He's kind of a perfect fit to step in for Darius Days if he does indeed go pro. He didn't. Darius Days didn't mention an agent in his Instagram post for announcing his decision over the weekend. Um, but all in the, for the most part, indications are that he's going to go pro. And so from there, Jaden Gardner, who's down uh, to Virginia, NC State, LSU, Arkansas, Miami, that would be a perfect fit. And, you know, we're continuing to monitor that one. I think NC state uh, feels like they have a really good um, inside track from what I've heard and, and what um, Deshaun London, uh, our national recruiting, one of our national recruiting analysts has heard and he caught up with them over the weekend. Um, but he wants to go to a place that he can score. LSU has really done a good job with, with bigs that want to score the basketball trend and Watford, Nas Reed, uh, those guys. And, um, you know, I think he'd be a really good fit if they can get him on board and maybe uh, instead of being a hometown hero and, and taking advantage of the ties he has at NC State or, you know, who knows, maybe somewhere else, uh, you know, LSU is able to convince him to come on to Baton Rouge because he'd be a really good pickup uh, from there. And this was uh, we dropped some tidbits going into the weekend. It's these transfers. I tell you what, guys, they matriculate quickly. They can come together real fast. And we saw this did. Yeah, Pinson did. Exactly. I mean, I was on the phone just before the weekend with someone and said, what are you guys thinking? You know, what's going on? Um, because they missed out on some other transfers. Byron Jones uh, who ended up at uh, Florida State or uh, Florida. And the sense was, you know, back to the drawing board. You know, that was one they really thought they were in position for. Um, and so that's why I think there's some trust. There's some ties with Xavier Pinson that really came together nicely for LSU here to get him on board. So um, right now, Jaden Gardner, his decision probably coming soon. That's the big one to circle for LSU fans. Um, so subscribe to go 24 seven. We're going to you know keep working the phones Deshaun London's got a good relationship with Jaden Gardner. I'm sure we'll hear 
more on that end and, and get an update on that. So subscribe to go 24 seven for just a buck for your first month to kind of track this roster development. Um, because Shay, you know, they do need, um, I think front court, front court help the most, uh, will, will Wade wants to see more, uh, out of, uh, the scoring aspect of the guard spot. Um, but really the big takeaway and, you know, a lot of people kind of think, okay, Will Wade's going to be able to add, you know, five, six, seven guys like they have in the past. From what I'm getting, they're not really sensing that they're going to have to do that. Um, they have a core of Jalen Cook, Eric Gaines, Alex Fudge, <clears throat> Andre Hyatt, Josh LeBlanc, Mwani Wilkinson, Sharif O'Neal, Josh Gray, Seneca Knight, that they really like, and nobody seems to really be talking about much attrition happening from this program. You know, I wonder, and because, and you mentioned those guys, I you know, kind of, when you think about big men, or I guess I was thinking true centers, and, and I was largely thinking of the return of LeBlanc, the return of Josh Gray, and and obviously, um, I, I kind of glossed over there, O'Neal for a minute, uh, who probably played a little bit better than a lot of people anticipated, uh, and then gets hurt and misses the whole, you know, final month plus the season. And, and I know they signed as a Wiro, um, but look, you're not going to immediately expect someone like that who is not a bona fide five-star to come in and, and really be dominant for you. If we're having this podcast, which we did probably a year ago, and you say, don't worry, a year from now, yeah, they're going to lose those guys, those four, the big four, totally expected. But they're going to have Josh Gray and LeBlanc coming back. Both of them will have a year under their belt. Both of them will have playing time in big games. They're going to be set up. I feel like right now we're sitting here with LeBlanc is – was a disappointment if you're comparing it to where he was, let alone at Georgetown, but what you thought he would be and where his skill level is compared to what the output was. And then Gray, we never, I mean, he never played. I mean, that there was, even when they needed him, that he wasn't playing and he got quickly passed over by guys like O'Neill. Yeah. And I think that's where we'll see one, Jarrell Colbert is the other uh, big man in the 2021 class that really, you know, has, um, I think the tools would be very, very good. I mean, he is a highly regarded, highly recruited um, signee for LSU uh, who's been a national recruit and top 50 and five-star type uh, of, of prospect at times uh, for a long, long time. And uh, yeah, glossed over Colbert. Didn't mean to do that there. You're no. number eight center. But okay, so are you, is that your new hope? Yeah, I think you've got to expect him to play uh, quality minutes for you right off the bat. I don't necessarily think he is, again, the difference maker they're probably looking for in terms of shot blocking. And this is kind of, you know, sometimes it's kind of funny. We have these off season discussions and, you know, last year we heard about all the new defensive changes that LSU was putting in, uh, you know, since they were so bad defensively, um, you know, or, you know, in, in Will Wade's early tenure, they completely overhauled the defense. They wanted that shot blocker. It didn't work out with Brian Penn Johnson. That's for sure. And then Josh Gray didn't really come along like they thought. But one thing I think that, was passed on to me was that the core that is is coming into this program and and um, you look at Seneca Knight and you look at Alex Fudge who were two transfer well a transfer and an early enrollee uh, that that redshirted the second half of the year. There's a there's a thought that they are a little bit more committed to defense. Josh LeBlanc certainly is a defensive guy, and then who they're adding in, um, you know, this is a group that is going to be a little bit more defensive minded. So adding a true shot blocker is maybe a little bit more important than, you know, adding somebody who's got some skill, got some uh, offensive game in terms of 
being a true six eleven seven footer type of big man. So I think I think Colbert I know is a is a rebounder. Um, you know he is a he is a athletic. He's aggressive. All those things. Um, so I, I think he's he's uh, going to be one to really watch. And then whoever they get in terms of a shot blocker will hopefully be that difference maker that they never really got out of Brian Penn Johnson. Uh, and he ended up leaving the team not even before the season hit the halfway point. Yeah, it'll, and I didn't mean to skip over, obviously, their sign either in Colbert, but I do think that a year ago we probably held a lot higher expectations for that LeBlanc gray, goo, uh, gray group uh, than we kind of came out of the season with, um, in large part just because, like I said, gray didn't play very much and then just thought, well, you just waited, kept waiting for LeBlanc to, to, he has a good game and is it consistent or does he have an even better game? Um, and, and it sort of left a lot to be desired there. Um Look, that, that was kind of the biggest points I wanted to make here today and get from you because you know this basketball team and recruiting is certainly um, better than anybody in the media here in Baton Rouge. But with the field four is what you need to add, which sounds like big men. Um, but as they wrap up, three announcements, Cam Thomas is left. We knew all these guys were going to go, but like is there – should the listeners, should people on the board, should we be having to answer questions? You mentioned days didn't, you know, he didn't say his, uh, his post on Instagram or whatever when he declared to go pro or said he was heading into the draft. He didn't mention an agent. All other three guys or the other two guys who've done it so far uh, did mention an agent. And, and maybe that means something. But should we even be asking any more about days? Is there what is the I don't want to say percentage, but what's an expectation of what happens with a guy who did flirt with it a year ago and then gave them a big boost by coming back and being, you know, saying, look, you can really up your stock. Is that the, is there any hope? Is that the pitch again? Or is it, Hey, look, you need to come back and up your stock. I, I kind of am at a loss for where day stands in it when he was sort of the fourth piece to that. And I've never seen him mocked in a single NBA mock draft. Yeah, I think one, you know, Darius Days is is somebody that could you probably end up making a good deal of money overseas in Europe, and uh, he's not, I would say, an NBA guy. He's got, and I've said this for years, and it never really kind of came true. I felt like if Darius Days, you know, ended up staying at LSU for four years, he would be one of the better four year guys that they've had, and you know, for consistency reasons, he really just hasn't. And we know, and you look, you look at the stat, whenever Darius Days scores in double digits, how good LSU is, they're almost unbeatable. And if you could get them to come back, great. I mean, I think the, it, the percentage is low. I wouldn't say it's something that we're going to be sitting around wondering every single day and, um, you, know, you know, asking every single day. I think Darius is really thoughtful. I think he loves, loves living in Baton Rouge. I mean, I think that's one thing that I know about him. Um, and maybe he hasn't fully decided uh, yet, but and, and maybe he could be that, you know, so so-called uh, transfer another transfer addition for the for the front court um, if he were to, you know, decide that that maybe another year would would help. I don't necessarily think it helps him unless he can really be this this consistent guy and really turn uh, his game into the consistent game that has uh, really kind of escaped him during his LSU career, but. You know he doesn't have uh, he he doesn't have uh, his buddies back from you know all these years at, at LSU and Javante and you know trending for two years and you know maybe that makes a difference but and I'm spitballing here but you know I think there's a slight hope that maybe he comes back but it's pretty unlikely and you know the thing with Cam Cam Thomas is that yeah I I don't even know if we'll see him announce anything I mean he's just so quiet that was how he was as a recruit 
Um, and everyone knows that he's one and done. So we'll see if he, he does a post, but he's really pretty quiet on social media, even his Instagram page for being, you know, a projected lottery pick. He has a ton of followers, uh, but he only has two posts on there and they, one was right before the season and the other one was him as a recruit. So, um, he might just head off, uh, into the, into the next level and appear on the early entrant list, which will come out, you know, at some point in the future. So, yeah, I, I think right now, you know, maybe Darius is still, um, toying with that, that idea, but, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get your hopes up from everyone I've talked to. I think so many of us live in that football mentality too, um, which, which you're bringing us out of wild bill with all of your basketball, uh, knowledge and, and Will Wade certainly has with uh, success over the past three years and having more people interested, but in football, it's why did that guy go pro early? You know, he went undrafted or he knew he wouldn't first few rounds come back. And when you couple, and I think you made two great points there, Darius days, he's played or he's been at LSU for a few years. He knows that a year from now, he probably won't have any different NBA stock than he does right now, uh, but he can capitalize on getting paid or playing internationally, whatever it might be. And then I thought you, I think you make a great point there, which I think in basketball is probably bigger than anything. Everybody that he came in with and that he's been playing with is gone. So if he's coming back, he's playing with a bunch of guys that A, just met in the past year because they're the young guys on the team, uh, or B, he hasn't even met yet because they're signees and transfers. Uh, you could understand why he says, you know, looks around, all my best friends are either already gone or leaving. I'm, I'm right behind them if I've got an option for it. Good pod, Shay, uh, recapping the uh, the news of uh, LSU adding Xavier Pinson, uh, Missouri point guard transfer who will have two years of eligibility remaining guys stick with us on the pod we're gonna have another one later in the week to preview honestly the biggest news of this upcoming week which is lsu spring game april 17th at noon in tiger stadium you can catch it on the sec plus network or track it all on go 247.com we appreciate you guys listening to the podcast please leave us a rating leave us a review and follow us on wherever you listen to your podcast. So until next time, guys, we will catch you guys later. Hope everyone had a great weekend and have a good week.